0: described as an iron fist and a velvet glove, Carolyn Kegel's fascination with history has fueled her acting via a passion for stories and storytelling. Carolyn uses her strong classical foundations to support film and television work while continuing to build upon her love for the magic of stagecraft. One of her strongest skills is bringing complex texts to life. Wow, try saying that eight times fast. Be it Shakespeare or the precision timing of comedy. Dream roll? Question mark? Beatrice and much ado about nothing. Just a little fun fact there at the bottom of the of the copy for this week. <laughs> We're having a good time. <laughs> Tell me your fun story right now. No intro. So
1: yeah. So my last name Kegel, spelled K-E-G-E-L. Mm-hmm. Um, spelled like the Kegels. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad is a doctor, uh, specifically an (laughs) OBGYN. So he is literally Dr. Kegel. Um, People ask him if he invented them or (gasps) things like that. He's like, nope, it's just literally just a random coincidence. He didn't do it
0: because that is his name, are you sure?
1: You know, I haven't specifically asked him that, but I'm guessing the answer is no, but you never know. Have you traced
0: back? Are you sure that he wasn't the first Well, it's interesting.
1: (gasps) So we... That side of my family is like Germanic in uh-huh. heritage, and at one point in the early 20th century, their last name was originally Schubkegel, spelled like S-C H U B K-G-E-L, which apparently I've been told means bowling pin in German, so that's like a really exciting...
0: Interesting. As a profession, name. as a... name. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all like these a, people like look like bowling, bowling pins? Pin, you
1: know? I would like to see a book about that. That's, that's... I really, and then it, it, I thought it was when they came through Alice Island, but it was actually um, my grandfather was in World War II on the American side, and they were like, mm, we're fighting the Nazis, and your you last name's a it, little man. bit too explicitly <gasps> Germanic. So, um, yes, yeah, so then they shortened it. And there are lots of Kegels in the world. There's another Carolyn Kegel who's like an author of some kind. Um, So I don't know. They also pop up when I
0: googled her. So
1: oh, I've been I've been slowly taking over the SEOs. Yeah, you have (laughs) Carolyn Keigel with myself.
0: Now that you've introduced yourself, let me introduce yourself. Allow me. Hello, my name is David Andrew Laws. Welcome to Dress for the Podcast. You want Um, my co-host today. She, uh, she, she is here. She's right. She's right next to you. Can you <laughs> see her? She's not here. No, she's. I was gonna make a joke that she was gonna be here, but be really quiet the whole time. But Megan's in Brooklyn, uh, trying on her wedding dress for the last time. So, get off my back. Uh, and my guest is Carolyn Kegel. Hello. How yes, are you? It is I, Carolyn yeah. Kegel, heir to the Kegel fortune,
1: of which there is none. Oh no, really. <laughs> Well, I mean, my parents are doctors, so, like, they're pretty well off. But yeah. Yeah. But, no, there's no, like, kegel fortune. No.
0: You should. You should write a tell-all.
1: That we tell anyone about.
0: That says we invented them or mm. we discovered them. That,
1: that, yes. If I yes. Googled
0: it, All right, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to do that. We're going to find out Right, Research. It. Wikipedia... <laughs> though it's spelled the same way yeah kegel. it's spelled and for but some reason we, we
1: kind of pronounce it or i've always kind of pronounced it like kegel like beer keg like a kegel. Keg, yeah, 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 yeah exactly like my m- nickname in middle school was kegs which like my parents found hilarious because I, well I there nothing. it I'm is like, hey. there's a whole um, diagram oh, right the there great.
0: um the keggle exercise also known as the pelvic floor exercise Um looking for an inventor i'm looking for oh oh now nah. Dang it. The American gynecologist Arnold Kegel, 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 Arnold Henry Kegel. Maybe you're related to him. Possibly. 1948. You never know. Yeah. that Maybe you're related.
1: Maybe. Have
0: you done any of that kind of stuff? Have you done My
1: dad's really into uh, genealogy. And yeah, yeah, and ancestry and has been like tracking a lot of that stuff. My mom's side is much more complicated because she, um, that side of my family is actually from Latin America. Um, so my grandmother's from Nicaragua. Whoa. And I have like cousins. Well, I, they're somehow technically differently related but we all just call them our cousins um that are in Costa Rica that are in San Jose that we've gone and visited wow. um yeah and and that side of the family the genealogy is much more difficult to trace um uh children outside of marriage and such cool. and people being brought to the United States when they originally like from Costa Rica and Nicaragua and stuff like that. And then like some of it goes down into I think it's like Bolivia or something and some like indigenous heritage. And there's some weird stuff about like a pirate. Like we have some like great 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 uncle or something, like I think it's Edward or maybe I don't know. Um Edward's who was some kind of name. like privateer, I believe was the technical name, but wow. basically was a pirate. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's that side. that's, that's which
0: exciting. is much harder to trace,
1: and so it's all just myths and legends. Um,
0: pirates on one side. Kegel's on the other side.
1: <laughs> and that's me. Stuck
0: in the middle <laughs> with you. <laughs> the actor. <laughs> um, how are you?
1: I'm good. good. Yeah, it's it's been great. You know, we had such a crazy two weeks of rehearsals going into Troilus and Cressida. Yep. Um, and yeah, and being able to like take time after that has been really important to kind of recharge, do my laundry. Yeah. like You know, just little things that make you feel...
0: Have you gotten to? More of a
1: human. I have. I have done my laundry. So if nothing else, (laughs) I have been successful in my week thus far. (laughs) Because I did my laundry, which my mom will be very glad to hear. Um, well, and
0: that leads us to the first question that I got to ask yes. you, which is this: Carolyn, yes, yes, do you consider yourself a successful person? I do. Oh,
1: yes. Tell Ooh. me more
0: about it. Yes. I love well, the I think it's very right interesting.
1: Well, I've also listened to other episodes, so I knew this was coming. You'd be. Um, some people
0: know it's coming and still go. Ah.
1: I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, like I think a part of success is like you have to believe that that is like. part of who you are like that how you have to have that confidence in yourself to like manifest it into the world um and I definitely believe that there's different degrees of success and then that's something that's constantly changing for each individual and so like for myself you know back in high school like applying and getting into college like at that point I was successful I got into college I went to an Ivy League school like I was successful. You did? Where'd you go? I went to Columbia. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, so I actually was here in New York for four years. I don't
0: um, read. I can't. I can't read very well. What? I don't read. I haven't read um, your resume or anything. Oh, that's Is it fine. It's, your it's not on
1: my. No, it's not on my regular resume. Oh. Um, because I actually studied history, there, not acting.
0: Oh. Um, ooh, how yes. exciting!
1: Yes. Well, actually, actually, I think I do mention that in my bio relating history and acting nice. via storytelling and interest in people's stories and who they are and where they come from and all that. Kind oh, of you did. Got a so, BA in history. Oh, yes, there it is. Why
0: did you do that?
1: Um, Well, I started out as a double major in theater and history, Uh and then (laughs) the department has some uh, institutional things that I did not Agree with or or found very frustrating in terms of the administration of the department. So skull and
0: bone societies.
1: Yeah, not really. It was just like they had this thesis thing where you have to um, you have to do a thesis to get a major in theater, but you don't get to choose which area you do it in. You like submit an application and they look at your involvement in the department um and so even though i've known since i was six that i was going to be an actor i went and studied abroad at lambda for like an undergraduate semester while i was there um and acting has always just kind of been my thing they decided that oh you know what you're gonna do a design thesis like you're gonna get to do it and i was like but okay no like that's Mm. not and i was very confused because it was like not not that there's anything wrong with design i find it fascinating the classes that i took but it was like actively the classes that i would have had to take to complete a thesis in a design field would mean that I had no time in my schedule to continue taking acting classes, which is the whole reason that I am there. It's what I've always known that I was going to do with my life. Um, and so it was very strange to me. So I made the decision to kind of be like, cool, bye. Like, (laughs) I'll just keep taking classes in your department, but I won't actually get the nominal degree in it. Hmm. Um, and kind of said, were they, were
0: they specific about what kind of design? No, I could choose
1: whether it would be like lighting set or costumes. Um, between those but yeah and I and I tried asking too I was like is there a reason why I was given this instead of an acting thesis like is it and they were very vague and said something about like oh the discussions of our faculty need to be able to be kept confidential or something like that and it was kind of like okay bye
0: skull and bones I'm telling you yeah
1: so I don't know so when I achieve my next levels of success and they try to use me as an alum. Yeah. Like, oh yes, yeah, Carolyn Keigle, alum of Theater I'll be like, no, bro. They'll
0: give you an. What if they give you an honorary?
1: I'll be like, if- you. You, you could have given me the undergraduate Ooh, then. They like didn't know. you didn't.
0: They didn't know you were going to be amazing.
1: I knew. Well. And they should have known. So. Yeah, you're very confident in your <laughs> success. That's a
0: rarity on this show. Um.
1: Well, it's it's. I've always kind of had this just driving sense of purpose in terms of just like where I want to see myself and what I see myself doing with my life. And I just have continued to try to manifest that, I guess, just every day. Um, The story that I tell is that actually I feel like it's related to the fact that I grew up uh, in Concord, New Hampshire at an address that was one and then the street name. So I was, I was, I grew up my address for all of my childhood and growing up was like number one blank street. That's where
0: Megan lives.
1: And so, you know, someone should do a study because I believe there was something about being like number one, like first house on the street that just like, you know, maybe that influenced the psychology somehow. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who's to say? But yes. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Um, but Unless yeah. Unless it's I've,
0: like, I don't want to, I'm not going to ask you what it actually was because I don't want to dox you, but like, was We don't it? live
1: there anymore. So I kind oh, well, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know why I was keeping it a secret. Um, was, it, was it, was it like? one Auburn Street.
0: Okay, see, I was wondering if it was like one Exemplary Lane <laughs> or like one, <laughs> one Okay, street. President Street. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I would have been a president. Auburn,
1: spelled A U B U R N like, like the, the hair, hair color, color. Uh-huh. like the hair color. Yeah.
0: Do you have auburn hair?
1: I don't. I have I'm brunette, but I I did add some like red bits at some point. I never went full bright colors in terms of dyes, but I did do some like shades bring I some did. red undertones and things. Um, I was pretty traditional. Accidentally, in did my hair
0: we really red when yeah. I tried to do red,
1: like Ariel red, like, like Little
0: Mermaid, Like Kool Aid red. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was fun. Um, okay, and so well, and and you said that you you've always been very driven, and you knew you wanted to be an actress since you were six. Yeah. What was that like? What was what was?
1: Um, well, I was. For my entire middle school years, incredibly frustrated by the fact that my parents wouldn't just uproot our life and move to LA and get me an agent at wow. the age of 11. Not. All the time, but there were moments where I was like, "Mom, like, why?" Like the whole story of like Emma Stone making like a PowerPoint for her family to get them to move from like Arizona or wherever it was. I didn't to, know that. Like, yeah, so she was in like high school, I think it was, or something, and like made a whole PowerPoint about why she needed to move to LA <laughs> and like to be a successful actress. Um, and they like did it; they moved to LA, and like that's why it's it kind of influenced like the La La Land story. Um, this sort of like semi autobiographical about her, I guess. But yes, yeah, so I tried convincing my parents to. Get me an agent or whatever it was. I don't know how the industry worked. Get me an um, agent. And um <laughs> and well, the show. Box. I don't know if you remember the children's show Zoom. Um,
0: no, I remember a children's okay. show called Zaboomafoo and of I course. remember a children's show called That's all. Zoom.
1: Zoom, yeah. They had um, like a secret like a secret language that was used on the show, and it had like all these like
0: teens slash
1: kids that were on it, and it shot out of Boston. And being from New Hampshire, that was my dream.
0: Party Zoom? Zoom with... Party Zoom? With Zoom? The 1999
1: TV Zoom? series. Yeah, that was like, yes. This
0: looks familiar. This
1: was my dream. This wow. was... And I kept wanting to go down to Boston and audition because I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on the Disney Channel.
0: Well, this is the 90s thing. <laughs> Alan, put it... Find find it. Find the Zoom. I'm going to send you this. <laughs> and put it in because it's fucking when there's, wild. It's like
1: Dubba or something like that is the name of the language that they learn to speak on Abba the show. Dubba. Or something like that. Yeah, and there's something like... I forget exactly what it's called, but there was like a whole. There's a whole song and.
0: Oh man, my um, YouTube suggestions are gonna be so weird for the next <laughs> week. I look. I was uh, Finding costumes for Troyos and *Cressida*, and now Amazon just exclusively sends me women's clothing. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which is fun. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so I always wanted to do that.
0: Um, so that was always her. a
1: thing. So, but then I had this sense also that, like, because I knew how I sort of envisioned my future and like my life and my career that I was okay also not rushing it and that that's why I, you know, I went to Columbia. I was very comfortable taking like a traditional sort of liberal arts route. Like I thought about conservatory for like two minutes maybe. And then like partly because like my academics like kind of were to that standard, but I also, I wanted a traditional college experience. Like I I appreciated having a traditional high school experience and not diving right into the industry. Um, And so, yeah, people was like, why didn't you, why didn't you just do it right then? And I was like, well, I gotta have like a regular, a normal person life. Yeah, for sure. Um, Before diving in, and and because I like I know how intense this industry is, and I was sort of I guess my whole life has been like preparing for that. Like I was that fucking nerd that like, you know, afternoons after middle school would stand in front of the mirror in my bathroom and practice like individually raising my eyebrows. Yeah. So I could do do do, like the villain look. like, yeah.
0: Oh, you can do it. You can't see it, but she can. This practice has paid off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like isolating like different like facial muscles. And like, I would, I would tell myself like, okay, you are going to look angry with just your nose. (laughs) And like, like, you were going to express grief with just your eyes. And like, I was, I don't know. Where is it
0: coming from?
1: It was just this, I've always had just this, like, I don't know, just ways of wanting to improve myself as an actor or things, I, you know, I'd watch some some show and some villain would lift their left eyebrow in that menacing way, and I'd be like, man, if you want to do that, you got to learn how to do that, well, so then I would like do it. Because it sounds like your
0: parents have been supportive. Yes. But they're also both doctors.
1: Yeah, I mean, my mom studied dance in college and did a lot of theater and, like, community theater in our community, um, <laughs> community theater in our community, yes, um... My dad is less of an arts person, but they've always fostered an appreciation for the arts for us. Like we would go to all sorts of museums Mm. um, growing up. Like we would go to see like the Boston Pops, like Symphony Orchestra and um, art museums and do tours of historical houses from famous people and things. And uh, there was always this yeah, appreciation for arts and culture which my brother has also picked up. Um, I have a younger brother who is a senior at Northwestern. He's studying uh, comedy writing specifically, so he would love to do something for like The Onion or cool. like SNL or something. So yeah, so both of us <laughs> ended up being creatives. Nice. Um, but yeah, they've always been supportive. And I think there's always, someone once said to me recently, oh. well, those are two different things, once <laughs> said, <laughs> said to me recently. They only said it one time. They only said it one time. But that like in the face of confidence, people back down and there's a sense of like because i've always known what i was going to do or what i was meant to do or something like that then people haven't really questioned it like i have i've been lucky that i haven't really had many people saying you know telling me the stats of how likely it is that you'll be successful in this industry or um you know i don't know if you can make it like i don't know if you can do it because i've always just been like this is what i'm doing this Mm -hmm. is who i am like, and people just have been like, okay. And I've been like, yeah, cool. Watch, wait That's and so see. interesting. Um,
0: and how long have you been here doing it?
1: So I only moved back to New York, uh, like May 1st, I think of this year. Whoa. Yeah. Cause I, well, I did my master's in classical acting at Lambda in London, um, having done the semester course there and then wanted to go back and get more training, uh, which I felt was really important. And then I was broke. So I went back home to New Hampshire for like six months and just like waitressed and was, like culturally completely creatively unfulfilled um and uh saved up and then moved back here may first and have just kind of dove in yeah dived in. lambda
0: is in london an yes ol- only it stands
1: london. yes the london academy of music and dramatic Arts. this
0: Art. guy who invited me to the showcase he knows so many people that i know and i i interesting he knows madeline we're a cult and he knows a bunch of other people. He knows a bunch of people that I know. Interesting. That's so weird. I was like, "Why is someone from Lambda inviting me to the showcase?"
1: They incur- tell us to like reach out to like everyone. Well, and like... I thought
0: oh, things that makes me feel real special. I thought,
1: <laughs> well, everyone who's like a value in the industry. I thought he was
0: being like like kissassy, being like, "I've heard a lot about him. Wasn't dead, and I, you know." I would love to be a part of it. And I was like, you don't fucking know me. And then, so I asked him like, how did you hear about us? And he did. He, see, he hadn't seen these shows, but he talked to a lot of people that had worked with us. So I was like, all right, cool. Dope. Yeah. Um, did you like your time at Lambda?
1: I loved it. Oh. It was the best year of my life. Oh. I get emotional. I talk about it. Let's um, get emotional. <laughs> well, why aren't it's, you there? I mean, it's not really going to take much. Like I'm already there right now. Um, why like you I literally, right now,
0: why are you here? Because
1: visas are stupid. Oh. And that's like my long-term goal. <laughs> is to become successful enough in the United States that I no longer have to live here and they'll want me over in the UK.
0: Cool. Um am getting a phone call. That's, oh, exciting. I was like, what's buzzing? It's from Scam Likely <laughs> in New York, New York. Oh. Hello? This is Angel from your dental home provider. No, it's not. Oh. Hush up. Confirm- Angel, you're a, No! Angel, I don't want to talk to you. My
1: favorite's when I get the calls that are like we are calling about your car insurance. I'm like, I don't have a car. I've never. I don't have a, a car. car. <laughs> I don't have true. a car. I say it like three times and they keep, and it's a person, it's an actual person. And they keep saying like, Oh, we're calling about your car insurance. We have your, I'm like, I don't have a car. They're like, well, oh, we have your number. You know, we have, a, if there's a problem or really? something. I'm like, I don't have a
0: car. They and then never I get past. They, whenever I get to a person for those calls and I go, I don't own a car. They always hang. they always go and hang up. Like I just think he
1: was probably so used to people talking over him that he was just determined to continue talking.
0: Oh and uh, wasn't yeah. really listening to what i, I was saying. I don't talk over them. I wait very patiently for yeah. them to, and then I go.
1: Oh no, I talk oh, over. I them don't have,
0: them. have a car, but how was your day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's some story of someone I know who whose grandmother used to do that and would like sit and talk yeah. for like forty minutes on the phone to like telemarketers and and they would they would be the ones to hang up because they would get so sick of talking <laughs> <laughs> to her. Which was her way of. of
0: Megan nicely getting them to go away. Megan did a show once called Basic Help, which is an amazing show, and it's a two person show, and it's about a woman who calls a helpline, mm. and uh, eventually, like she and that person like become friends, and like have oh. a, not like a, there's not, I, I don't think it's blatantly romantic, but like they like, have a relationship where they like you know the best part of their day for each of them is talking to each other, and uh, oh, I kind of want that to happen with the, with, yeah. the, with the call be like, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, you
1: it Becomes like your therapist or something yeah. Just every week, you know, you check in They call about your car insurance Still don't got and-
0: a car, Greg, but how are the kids? <laughs>
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> yeah, that side about. Lambda. Get all emotional about lambda. Oh
1: yes. Well, I just uh, I, the yeah. training was amazing. The teachers care so deeply, um, and it's just it's not competitive at all. It's very much just a supportive community where you're encouraged to fail and you're encouraged to um, like test your limits and things like that. And uh, you know, it's kept really small, and it's just. It's like going to summer camp or something. It's like for a year of my life, I got to go like the classes were like nine to nine often, like six days a week. And it was exhausting in the best way possible. Um, Like even my worst days there where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to act like I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, I still consider to be in the like top five percent of like days of my life in mm. general. Um, every day, I just felt so lucky to be there and to be just doing art with amazing people who cared about it and understood it. And also, like London is my favorite city in the world. Um, as like a history person, I love uh, just the the legacy and and the history of the city. And I grew up on British literature reading. Jane Eyre and Bronte and Jane Austen and all sorts of stuff and just everything about the UK is amazing and I want to go back and I cry watching Great British Bake Off on like my rest and recovery days so I that's feel like great. that's
0: the opposite intended uh, impact oh, of that show. Oh it's because
1: it's so lovely it and there's really such lovely. lovely people and just like all the different accents remind me of like all the different people with those accents that I knew in London Aww. and like how diverse it is and like even just like watching like the fucking like landscape like looking at like the field or our like you know, when I watch like an episode of Broadchurch and they have a—I love Broadchurch,
0: so Church. good. Ooh. Olivia Coleman
1: is everything.
0: Can we talk about Broadchurch for a while? Let's talk
1: about Broadchurch. No,
0: it's too sad. Okay, That's but it's really good. Everyone too. should watch Broadchurch. Oh, it's very good. If you haven't seen Broadchurch,
1: Olivia see Coleman, David it's two Tennant, seasons. three, I think.
0: Is there a third goddamn season of yeah. fucking Broadchurch? Are you <laughs> <Is it> fucking <laughs> kidding me? Wait, did I watch it? I think it? I
1: recently discovered that within the last year also and wait, then binged it. Wait, um
0: What? Yeah, there's the a season. There and it's evening. it's definitely
1: like the last one. Like they're not intending to make it. Did I maybe watch it, it?
0: All right, cuz the first season is about the first season is without spoiling anything, the first season is about Danny. A, a murder.
1: Yeah, the little boy. And
0: the second season is about a trial. Yeah. What is the third season? Have I Wait, hold. On. I don't think I've seen the third <gasps> season. David. Oh, we got to add the podcast now. Bye. Is it on Netflix?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I watched it on Netflix, but oh. it might also be on like Holy on or something. Um, I've given up Yeah, waiting. It's about like the previous case. So this is not spoiling anything, but David Tennant's character has like this case that sort of haunted him from the past that never really got resolved. And it's sort of like why he... Has like why he butts heads with Olivia Coleman's character know what? also.
0: Fuck it. Even if I haven't, even if I have already seen, it, I'm gonna watch it again tonight. Do it. That's what I'm gonna do. Do it.
1: Do. Do it Im- it's immediately. It's amazing. It's, it's hard.
0: Great. It, Megan and I are on such different schedules that we really try to like wait for each other on TV shows. So oh. like we've only seen the first couple yeah. of episodes of the third season of Glow. We've only seen the like we haven't even started the third season of Stranger Things. Mm. We haven't we haven't watched the second season of Marvelous is Maisel. There's so much on our list that we're like waiting for yeah. each other, and I'm I'm about to just fucking. Fuck yeah. it, because uh, yep. we definitely watched Broadchurch on our own. I watched it, and then she watched it, and we were both like, bah!
1: "It is brilliant! It is brilliant!" Um, yes, watch it immediately,
0: um, with or without Megan. Let's Sorry, Megan. move on to, on that note, on the note yeah. of watching Netflix with people, great, uh, away from professional into personal and interpersonal. How's yeah. your success in those areas? Because um, you're fresh to the city.
1: Yeah. Well, you, fresh back, because I was here for four years true. for undergrad, which was nice, which was really nice coming back, because out of Lambda, we did showcases um, in New York and L.A., and you know some people were sort of gravitating towards the city or didn't really know which city to begin with, and I sort of already had a network here.
0: I'm going to interrupt if you, because like there was something say. else I was going to say about Great. the other thing that I forgot, because we got distracted by Broadchurch, um, was when I was uh, when I was auditioning to go to colleges, a lot of my teachers were like, you can do one of three things. You can go to school in New York or L.A. and then have a network there and stay there. Or you can go to school somewhere nearby one of those places. You can go to Pittsburgh, Chicago, wherever. Uh, and then have you know a transitional period, transitioning those contacts into people that those people know into New York. Or you can go to school abroad, England, Scotland, wherever. And then come back to a bigger city when eventually they kick you out and not know anybody.
1: Interesting. Um,
0: But you had that basis of Columbia first.
1: Yeah. Well, and actually, my program was a master's program. It wasn't undergrad. So, so I was actually one of only a handful of people that came that went straight from undergrad into the grad program. Mm -hmm. Most other people had professional careers already. So Mm. most people were like taking a break from their professional contacts and network to go. Either retrain or train abroad, and then like come back. So remember, there are people who were like afraid to like leave their network for a year because um, they're worried they would like miss opportunities. Sure, but um, it's
0: 2019 now, right? Like uh, th- that was happening in 2012 uh, when that yeah. was happening. From no 2000, no Jesus, that was happening in 2008, right? That was when I was graduating high school, going into college. Was like the we were we were nowhere near as connected as we are now, and yeah. I feel like those opportunities are more attainable
1: Well, with self tapes and things like yeah. it's you can be anywhere um to audition for anything but but yeah it was nice to have that network to come back to that sort of helped make my decision a lot easier between cities because um, i had like my core group of friends from college and things who had been away from for a year i had not many but a couple professional contacts i i knew the city which is just mm-hmm. such a good start they, 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 they gave us the advice they're like you know if you get a million agent offers or something like that in one city like if it's not a city or a place where you actually would be happy, yeah. like if it's not, a, then you'll, you won't do your best work. It doesn't matter that you have casting directors or agents or whatever interested in you. If it's not somewhere that you feel is home, that you have a support system that makes you happy, like no matter what, if you don't have that, like you'll never do good work. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing that you need to find. And so, uh, that made New York a much easier decision for me. And so it was, yeah, pretty, pretty easy to transition back. and, um, it was weird having, like, taken six months off, though, because I was, like, I went back to New Hampshire because I had, like, no money after grad school for a year in London mm-hmm. uh, and just did the, like, waitressing thing. And so then it was weird seeing people who went straight from grad school into the industry and, like, already were finding successes and doing things. And I felt like I was kind of a little bit behind because um, I was I was away for six months and all my friends were in New York, like, my career was in New York, um, which definitely took a toll on sort of my mental health. Um, during that time, but then coming back here, it's just been—you're
0: here, the best thing. You got friends, yeah. You got—you dating? You got boyfriend girlfriend?
1: No, I'm currently single. Which oh. back to your point about Netflix, I never have to worry about waiting I for know. other people. Uh, I can just watch it on my I'm own. I'm ready to
0: call this fucking wedding off because there's <laughs> a, a
1: because of Broadchurch, <laughs> because
0: of a lot of shows. Because I want to watch Stranger Things, mm, Megan.
1: You need to watch it. It's excellent.
0: I know season two. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes. When you stop watching a TV show, there's a reason, right? You just go, oh, I, I stopped watching it. Man, I started re-watching, what was I watching the other day, right? Because there are only some shows now that are safe for me to watch because mm. either we've already watched it or they're only things I would watch. Yeah. And so I was re-watching some of the early Office episodes. Ooh. That show has not aged well. No. Woof-a-doodle.
1: I was thinking that watching some of of Friends. The other day, I've too, never seen an episode a of Friends, <gasps> and that single episode, I've never
0: seen a, an entire episode. And I used to only say that as a fun fact, but now it's kind of a point of pride. Um, <laughs> I've never yeah. seen an episode of Friends. Wow. I did a scene from Friends for an on-camera class in college, but I've never seen an episode. I'm also not. Positive that I've seen an entire episode of Seinfeld. I may. I've never seen Seinfeld. All right, all right. Then I don't feel so bad.
1: No, that's okay. But it was funny because being up at Columbia, Tom's restaurant is like right there, which is like a major filming. Well, if you haven't seen it, it's not in New
0: York. Tom's Mm. restaurant.
1: No, it is. At Columbia, up oh, on, at Columbia. And, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, w- th- I was thinking <laughs> back in New Hampshire, <laughs> Col- you know, Columbia, New, <laughs> Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire.
1: Hampshire has nothing. Um, That's we, have, not true. we have the first primary in in oh, the United oh. States, which is very exciting. So, like you Bernie Sanders was just at my old restaurant last week. Um, which
0: restaurant is that you want to shout him out?
1: Barley House, what a hey,
0: what a barley house sounds like they serve a lot of beer. Oh,
1: yeah, a lot of craft beers, local beers absolutely no it was a, it's like irish pub kind of in style like nice. inspired place so yeah it was a really fun place to work
0: i went to a destination wedding in new hampshire a couple of months ago it's lovely oh. there's the trees and people
1: think it's like the knockoff vermont which
0: like, if you put is interesting. a picture of vermont and a picture of new hampshire both in terms They're, of shape and yeah. geography in front of me i could not tell you which was which yeah that's not true Vermont's skinnier at the bottom right
1: correct Ayy. well okay. done I well went to done public school huh yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so we have the primary, we have maple syrup, but people know Vermonts more. Oh, um, true, oh fun fact about New Hampshire. New Hampshire: it's a small enough state that there's only one area code for the entire <gasps> state.
0: No fucking way. Yeah,
1: so we refer to it when like you're going home to New Hampshire, like oh I'm going or I'm I'm back in the six oh three. Cause it's just the six zero three is the area code for all of New Hampshire. So if you ever get a phone con- uh, phone call from a six zero three number, six zero
0: three, it is
1: coming from New Hampshire.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, because it's, it's such a small state. Uh, it's just
1: population wise. Population yeah, wise or
0: square footage wise? Uh, square I don't know how they determine
1: area codes, but it's small in both.
0: I think facets. it's size of state. I don't think it would be about. I mean, I guess both of those. Well, makes
1: like, sense, well, like New York City has a bunch of different area codes, and it's it's a big state. Well, not New York City. Oh, that's true. That's true. I guess it's I feel like it's probably.
0: Look at that. I don't know. Look at a little So yeah, there it is right next to Vermont. They're like
1: the inverse of each other. Have you ever been to Maine? I have all the time. I go up to Maine all the time.
0: Have you met Stephen King?
1: I have not, but Stephen Tyler has a, I didn't meet him, but he has a house on the lake in New Hampshire Lake Sunapee where I used to go with my family. Is it right there?
0: What's that in the middle right well, there? Well, there's,
1: there's a lakes region in oh. New Hampshire. Oh. So there's a couple different lakes. But yes, lakes on a Stephen Tyler has a house on. It's red and black. And there's like a flag that goes out like when he's there. I think like Oprah did a special with him. Look at that. Look at that, that huge house. hole in New Hampshire. That's probably like Winnipesaukee, which is the one that people know. You
0: got a big hole in your state. <sighs>
1: we do. <I'm> sorry to <laughs> tell you. We do. Yeah.
0: That's okay. My state stinks too. And New York. Wow, this map stinks too. Everything about this, this stinks. Is, yeah, this is a really um, strange map. How cool. is your relationship? How's Carolyn's relationship to Carolyn?
1: Carolyn's relationship to Carolyn is good. It seems good. Has, seems yeah, confident. it has. Yes, I just need more hours in the day, is my thing. Like I just need more time to be able to do like my professional, like business stuff, to be do like my social stuff, to do my sleep stuff and to do, like, any other, like, self-care or time. I just need more hours in the day. Like, what, New York needs to have more hours in its day.
0: What What are you doing? What are um, you doing? You're doing well I do, and Cressida. It's too I'm late for that. and is, It's going to be closed by the time it goes out.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you missed you it.
0: Missed it. Bummer.
1: Um, stuff happens, and you missed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but after this, I'm going down to North Carolina in October to do a production of Noises Off, which I'm Dope. very excited about. Brushing who are off you? my RP, Belinda Blair. Um, she's the one who's she's like tries one. to keep everyone calm. No, she's not the dumb one. No. That's Brooke, the one who was her contact lens. Yes. Um, yes. And Belinda's the one who like keeps everyone calm. She's like, tri- she like is the gossip who like knows everything. Right. Um, I've done it before actually in high school and I played Daddy Ali, who's like the older aging matriarch of the show mm-hmm. um appropriate because
0: you're so tall because
1: <laughs> i am i got so many older parts that's what like
0: happens
1: middle school and high school like yo people don't understand the struggle i was like madame tenardier like mrs potts like <laughs> my strangest and most <laughs> offensive casting was as mulan's father in a production <gasps> of mulan wow so yeah i had in the line of like you know
0: The flower that blooms in adversity. Yeah,
1: all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like 12-year-old white slash 12
0: years old?
1: 25% Hispanic me was playing an elderly slash old Asian man. A very, Um,
0: very traditionally Asian man. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Yeah, it was really
1: bad. Like, we didn't know in New Hampshire, like, like I don't, or just that that time, that era. Like we just didn't understand things. I don't things see that on political. your resume, What's going on? Well, you know, I thought about putting it on there, but I, I thought
0: I do see Duchess Amalfi though. We talked about that. We, we have talk not about talked that? about
1: that. You mentioned it in my audition for Trust and Cressy. You said it was one of your favorite shows. It
0: is literally my favorite show. It's my favorite play is The Duchess of Malfi. And I I just, I did a an adaptation of it in college that was terrible that I really want to redo in a less terrible way. Yeah. Um. Because the show is not about The Duchess of Malfi. It is about Daniel de Bosla. And I want to I wanna remount it.
1: It's, I, ugh, the, the director play. for that, Matt Peaver, that we had is like the best director I've ever worked with. Um. Present company excluded.
0: Oh, snap. Um, there we go. Good save. But um, <laughs> hey, been my name, it's already <laughs> but up But like, here.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I, okay, I haven't updated this part, but on my actual physical one, it says like upcoming. And then I also have my noises off on there, and I did nice. a staged reading also last week. Um, Jeez, you are doing a lot of stuff. I am, and I have like my audio, b- I do audiobooks, uh, which I'm working on. So I do home recording for that. And I'm like in the process of like seeking representation, which is so much fun and such a joy. Um, How
0: do you do <laughs> well, it?
1: Uh well, well, so I actually have a business coach. Um that I business coach. Yeah. It's a company called Actors Fast Track. Um, and it's geared towards actors uh and running your career as a business Mm -hmm. and uh which is how we should all be doing it, and that you're sort of like your number one marketing team. Um and the idea that like representation, like they're like your sales team, basically, your sales people. Um and uh a lot of my like confidence about my career has come from my sessions with my coach Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas. Shout out to you. Shout out. Um was a little ping there from me phone at the same time.
0: That was my email. Um, I just I, I keep forgetting that. That's turn her it right off. there. There yeah. she is. Elizabeth,
1: Yep. Yeah. Um she and they really like nice. you develop like a business plan and they figure out like uh like who your buyers are, like in terms of casting directors and um Like shows or networks or agents or things like that that you should be targeting for shows or networks that you're right for and how to just like take control of your your acting career as a business. That's such
0: a good idea. So
1: it's awesome and it's great and they have like mastermind sessions where it's like a big mass phone call slash video call every like twice a month where everyone talks about like what they're dealing with, what's going on with them, um, what they're struggling with and. Uh, and get advice from other people. It
0: must be pretty boutique. So, how how?
1: Um. Well, the Facebook group of clients is like 200 people, I think. Um. That's which boutique. includes like yes, yeah, so there's like coaches and clients and yeah. stuff like that. But it's it's been great, and it's I, I've learned quite a bit from them.
0: Great. Um. Go get them. Go get them, y'all. So any other actors or actors or or
1: just any other kind of industry people, like they help you whether you're a writer, director, um. Yeah, develop develop your business, develop your brand, all that kind of stuff, which made me feel so disgusting for the longest time as like a creative arts person.
0: It fluctuates for me, yeah. feeling disgusting and not disgusting. And yeah. it, I think it only feels disgusting to me when one of two things happens. When I uh, put something out there that is creative or interpersonal or whatever, and it receives no attention, or when it receives negative attention. Mm. Um and I haven't quite figured out how to like like every time one of those things happen it makes me go all right never again I'm done i've the f- <laughs> it i'm leaving i'm done yeah. i'm i'm'm I'm, I'm, I'm out of the game uh I don't know do you do you feel that way
1: yeah I mean I think it's it goes back to that sense of like just confidence in your as they would say like your product like in 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 what you're selling basically <laughs> as like as an actor as a performer um and Just knowing, like, on a deep level, like who you are, what you are, um, then it doesn't matter what the other feedback coming your way is saying or not saying um, or things like that, that you just, and, and it's also, this industry is so weird because it's so much about planting seeds because you never know like when other opportunities are going to arise. Like if someone's going to message you like five years from now and be like, oh, Hey, I saw this thing that you did. And like, it was awesome. And like, now you're perfect for this. Like I got a phone call like six months after my showcase in LA for Lambda, um, while I was in New Hampshire and it was like, hi, like my name is so-and-so like I'm like an indie, I do a lot of, like, indie casting and things like that. And I have this short film that I think you'd be really good for. Like, can you do a Russian accent oh. um, and, like, send me information? And it was, like, six months. I had no idea who this person was. Like, they were not on the RSVP list, so I didn't even know that they had attended. Um, and they, like, I guess took my stuff and called me. So you never know. It's. You I,
0: never know. I, I'm a big proponent. I, I say this, and I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I think that, like, the traditional relationship we have as actors to managers and agents is going to be an outdated process in, like, 20 years.
1: I this think is, yeah, a big thing of Valerie Hubbard, who's the founder of this like. Actors As her thing is that it's empowering actors so that if and when agents and managers in this whole system sort of goes away, yeah. like, actors know how to have a career. Like, it, you, you learn from her, like, you learn to contact casting directors directly and things like that. Like, um, Well,
0: and so much of it's just who you know now.
1: It, yeah, it's who you know, and, and it's teaching you how you can foster those relationships. Because so many of us, you know, we don't automatically know people. Like, yes. We don't just automatically have those connections. And so finding ways to, like, organically foster those relationships um, and to... Uh, reach out to people like I did, um, a round of sort of introduction emails to casting directors when I arrived in New York saying like, hey, I'm Carolyn, like just arrived, I already have a show that I'm doing and I graduated from Lambda. like can't wait to work with you kind of thing. And then I did a round of drop off. So like I brought my, mm-hmm. which people have many different opinions on, um, like my headshot and resume and like information about Troyes and Cresta and some other things, um, nice. to casting offices. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I went into one and the casting director was like, Oh, like I remember you from your email and like Instagram and like introduced nice. me to his assistant. Um, we talked about like a playhouse that he does a lot of casting for that I have been to, um, and seen shows at and, you know, and that's like a relationship that I can take forward that I didn't have or like automatically. It, yeah. it took me taking that step. But now, you know, I don't have representation, but I've, I've booked all sorts of things since being back here. Um, And it's it's having that that drive, and that initiative to focus on building those relationships, not just because like, oh, like you need to cast me, but. Because, like, again, like planting seeds, like you never know when stuff will happen for you. For sure. And this this
0: sort of leads me into my my final question of the podcast, which is. Oh, wow. What I know. Right. Very quickly. (laughs) What is your advice about success?
1: Hmm. Um, I think it's so I've discovered as I've gone along a lot about the concept of like building not like a legacy, but like a body of work Mm. and building something that you can be proud of and building a foundation, I think. Um, and so everything that I do, every action that I take is with the thought of creating a body of work. Like every person that I interact with, every show that I do, um, every Instagram post that I do has some eye towards establishing a foundation for myself, establishing a body of work. Um, that will just, I can continue to build on. And I think, um, you know, it, it's, there's the saying that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Um, have you not heard that? No. I really like that. That it, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. So these people that you see who all of a sudden pop up, like, oh, newcomer so-and-so, like yeah. they've been working their ass off for 10 years, building those relationships in order to get that thing. For and sure. And so, um I'm someone who's, I've always sort of been in it for the long game. I'm not someone who's in it for just sort of immediate overnight success. Um, mm. And so, and I think those kinds of people are the ones who tend to be successful, are the ones who have some sort of passion for what they're doing um, and, and are willing to invest in it long-term.
0: We don't have time to talk about this, but is that not exhausting? Like making sure that every I mean this it's, and it's, every that is, is when it When it way? is who
1: you are, it's not exhausting, sure, because it's not like I'm not putting on a facade. Like I don't pretend to be something other than who I am or what I am. Like no. I don't, you know, you know. And so I think it's it's when it is who you are, like that's and, and you find ways to do it depending on who you are. Because some for some people, like social media is so not their thing, and so yeah. it's authentic for them to find other ways to build that body of work and to build those connections and things. Whereas for some people, it is their main primary method, and and you find ways of making it work for you. And I think I'm someone, I'm so passionate about what I do. And I'm so passionate about acting, um, and the industry that it's the thing for me that makes me want to get up at 6am and do an Alexander session and do yoga and like do a vocal warm up, and like be ready and put my best foot forward in this industry. Um, and that's my advice for everyone that I encounter is like, if you're not passionate about it, then why are you doing it? Because I, I truly believe that if you are passionate about something, that will manifest into success in whatever form you see it. Um, I, I am say- very much, you know, people have different motivations. Like I know people who are very much driven by financial security and financial success and yep. things, um, which is definitely a part of what I do. But for me, it's if it's if you don't love doing it, you're gonna. That's where that burnout happens, and that's where um, it's not going to manifest as long term success. I personally believe. Um, so I always, I'm always that person who will say, if you don't love it, then why are you doing it?
0: At the same time, whoever said, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life was fucking lying. <laughs> fucking lying. Fucking <laughs> lying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is work. It is not, that doesn't mean it's easy. No. It is absolutely work, but it makes it easier. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows?
0: RG. What's that RG? Get G? away from those instruments. He's RG. RG. <laughs> can't play us a song. You're a dog. You ain't got no tail. Don't wag your tail at me. He's just filling his dream. I ain't mean, got no thumbs. I'm, he just wants to be a musician. That's true. Let me play. Um, <laughs> I gotta, I'm got going to say all the ending stuff, and then we're going to be done. Great. Hi. Thanks for listening to Us for the Podcast. You want my name has been, has been, and still is, David Andrew Laws, uh, Megan Greener, my co-host in absentia, and our guest today, Carolyn Kegel. Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. No,
0: no, thank you. He's going to knock over the set. <laughs> He's like, I've been very patient this whole podcast, and now I'm done.
1: It's my moment.
0: Um, thank you to Dimly Wit, our podcast network, for having us on the network. Go to dimlywit.com to hear this podcast, and go to Facebook, and go to Twitter, and go to Instagram for us and Dimly Wit, and for Tony Shaloub, who I haven't talked about in a while, but we, we miss you, Tony. He's not dead. He's fine. Hi. Uh, <laughs> Um, thank you to Laura St. Pierre, Patrick Marin, and Dr. Michelle East for being my Patreon donors. I want to go on a transatlantic voyage with all of my Patreon donors. So if you would like to sign up for that, that's not true. That's not happening. But if you want to, you can go to patreon.com slash dress for the podcast and donate to this podcast so that Megan and I can have shoes. Um, is that everything? Did I do it all? Did I? I'll say yes. All right. Carolyn says I did it all, which means I did <laughs> it all. So thanks, Carolyn. And I still haven't figured out how to end the podcast. How do you and. want to end? Podcast? <laughs> end. <can't> <laughs> oh, wait. No, I know. Alan, play that Zoom theme again. Play it right now. If you didn't play If you it before, didn't watch
1: Zoom also as a child, you're missing out. Yeah, play it. are we'll watch it now. We're going
0: to watch Brad, Brad Trich and Zoom at the same time. All right, bye. <laughs>